Today on the show, we have Jesse Terranova, who is a recognized travel curator who has visited nearly 14 countries throughout five continents. He's also completed three Ironman triathlons, multiple marathon, and has developed well-respected reputations uh, globally for his creative and resilient and compassionate leadership. He believes that travel can be an expansive experience providing inspiration to your outer journey with a renewed perspective for your inner journey. So please help me welcome Jesse Terranova. Hi, Jesse. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like so many people are really longing to travel and get out of their own community, especially their house, maybe away from their children. And I was definitely daydreaming as I scrolled through your Instagram to just see all of these amazing places you've been. So will you give our listeners just a little bit of background on you and how you came to find this path and what, you know, what travel has really done for you as far as this inner expansion, which has led to outer expansion? Absolutely. And hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I Yeah, it's it's been an, ins- an exciting journey, to say the least. And so just through the years, I've really developed this just passion for seeing the world and inspiring other people, encouraging them, empowering them through my travel, right? And so what I mean by that is sharing the experiences mm. that I go through personally through whichever platforms that may be, you know, in the beginning, maybe it started out as just telling friends and family. And then as you know, with social media continued on the rise today, it's just very easy to to get your message out there. Yeah. So what is your message? (laughs) So my message is pretty simple. It's to create meaning in the relationship with yourself, others and the world around you. Awesome. So before we started the show, we had a little side chat and I was saying to Jesse that it feels like, you know, there's a lot of divisiveness, you know, globally at this point, especially in the U.S. And I think that there's probably a correlation to people not being able to travel and experience and appreciate other cultures. And it can feel like we're just living in these isolated bubbles where we become acclimated to things as we want them and how we currently have them. And maybe that can breed some discontent for our differences. But through your travels, do you feel like it's definitely helped you become, number one, like more conscious, right? And then more appreciative of all of these other wonderful cultural aspects that you've been able to really um, live within and experience? Well, it wasn't always like that. I think I, I began traveling in my late teens. I uh, had an opportunity to go to Spain. My sister at the time was studying abroad in Madrid. And so I went out there to visit her. And I think I was just glued to the newness of that type of experience mm-hmm. and just seeing that, like the vastness of the world, like getting, a, getting on a plane, going across to Europe and just seeing all these different cultures and different ways of life. And then through the years, I've noticed how similar all of us really are. Because, mm. you know, I think this one experience really stands out to me. I was actually in Istanbul and Turkey a couple of years ago. And I was just sitting there, it was actually during Ramadan. And this is to your point of, you know, once you become conscious and mindful, then you really start to take notice of of the closeness and the connection that we all have. 
I'm just sitting there and looking around and I'm seeing in this incredibly foreign place, there's mosques everywhere, you know, they're praying extremely loud and I'm an American and I'm like, kind of, where am I right now? But as I looked out, I saw children playing on the side and, you know, teenagers hanging out, drinking and just having a good time and people dancing and a live band playing. And I was like, this is actually really similar to New York or New Jersey where I'm, you know, New Jersey where I'm from, but New York where I lived for many years. And so, you know, I just started to think and say, you know, I'm going to start to seek out commonalities and, I found I found there to be a lot amongst you know all the different types of cultures, traditions, you know, people that that we think we're so divided when in reality we're actually a lot closer than we think. We're all trying to solve the same problem just in different ways. Absolutely. I I love that you said that and how, you know, similar it was to like kids sitting on the stoop, you know, in New York and even in Jersey. And I find that too. I feel like we can choose to focus on what the differences are or we can find that commonality and then feel really deeply connected, especially when you're somewhere as far as Istanbul. Wow. So do you kind of have like a vision board or a bucket list of all of the places that you wanted to go? Did that, like, what was the spark? Was it just going to visit your sister in Spain that kind of ignited this whole travel bug and this deep burning to like see the world? Well, I, I, I feel as if it was lying a little dormant the last couple of years. I mean, I have still been traveling during mm-hmm. COVID, but it was definitely reignited just recently. But dating back through the years, I think that based on my upbringing, and my like being adhered to societal norms for whatever reason, conditions, feeling limited in the schooling system and people that I were, was exposed to, I felt as if I couldn't travel. Like it wasn't realistic for me to do that. You mm-hmm. know, I think when I first received an offer after graduation of college to work at PricewaterhouseCoopers, for those that aren't familiar, it's the world's largest professional services firm in the world. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, you know, although I went to school for accounting and finance, I, at the time I thought it was my, my path, but after a quick couple of weeks, I knew that, you know, it was kind of a dead end for me personally. And especially when I went back and forth in my mind, trying to sign this contract saying, well, wait a minute, there's 52 weeks out of the year and I'm only allowed two off. Like that's something's not adding up here. Um, right. I was like, well, what's this about? And I showed my sister's an attorney. I showed her and she's like, that's just the way it goes. And I was like, well, that's not the way that I wanted to go. And so I've decided to live life on my own terms. And, and so to answer your question, I think it took, a, it took a long time to, to retrain my mind and rewire and, and, decide that I wanted to embark on this lifelong journey of essentially having my beliefs and passions align with my actions. And once that happens, it's very difficult for that to happen. I don't think it happens for many people, unfortunately. You have to be really conscious and you would have to really tap in. And, you know, with the vision boards and everything, you just have to have a vision for what it is that you want. And that's like the first step. And if you can create that vision, all you have to do is take action. And the only thing that's stopping you from doing that is yourself. It's all of the excuses, right? It's, I don't have money to travel and I can't get off work. And what am I going to do with my kids? And, you know, there, you could make an equally long laundry list of reasons why you, you know, you can't do what you're doing, Jesse. And we're not saying everybody has to 
you know, spend their life kind of like globe trotting. It's it's more about open up your consciousness and your availability for the universe to like send you these little nudges, right? Of like, huh, that would be really cool to go there. I'm sure we've all flipped through a magazine or looked through somebody's Instagram and we're kind of vicariously living through these these pictures and these stories. But you're saying like that can be you, right? You just have to take the first small step. Absolutely. And you have to go with your intuition. A lot of people think we don't have intuition or, oh yeah, my intuition is not strong. But in reality, everybody has intuition. And whether you think you are or aren't, you're using your intuition every day. And yeah, it's just becoming more aware of that and, yeah. and tapping in, you know? And I think it's hard because people, it's hard to get out of our comfort zones, right? And that's what's so interesting about you is that it seems like you kind of love to put yourself out of your comfort zone because doing triathletes and Ironmans and marathons, that's not comfortable, right? So then do you feel like you kind of feed your soul by having these out of comfort zone moments? Well, yeah, that's not an accident. It's by choice. I didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to go do an Ironman. <laughs> um, right. I made a conscious decision to, you know, avoid the, well, let's say avoid the path of least resistance, right? And so in doing so, I decided to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? And yeah, through inspiration from my uncle, who's in his 60s, he's completed, you know, I don't know, seven or eight full full Ironmans. I, I wanted to take on the challenge. Wow. And so I started small. I It'll be important pe- for people to know this because they. I feel, and I've done this too, is you compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end. And so you see, right. you know, you see me doing Ironmans and, and you're like, oh, I can never do that. And well, in reality, I was, I did the Belmar 5K, you know, the little, the little beach town where I'm from, okay. uh, 5K mile run. I could barely finish that. I think that was in 2016. Or something like, something like 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, not that long ago, right. Yeah, and so well, not that long ago. And now, you know, it's, you start out with a small step and a goal and a vision, and then I took action. And I slowly ran the, the Brooklyn Half Marathon and the New York Marathon, the full marathon. And then I did a Olympic distance triathlon and then a half, tri- half triathlon. And, you know, I'm going to do a full Ironman soon. So I think it's just wow. it's just knowing that we all have it inside of us like we all have a reservoir of untapped potential just like waiting to just like ooze out of each and every one of yeah. us it's it's the truth and until you can realize that it's just going to sit there lying dormant well i mean i love a, you know a good david goggins pep talk or a jesley itzler pep talk too about like right like when it starts to hurt you're only at 40 percent. when your body's screaming at you to stop you know you can keep going and and I think that that can be applied to so many areas of our lives where we start to feel discomfort and then we kind of recoil into that comfort zone, even if that comfort zone now is totally uninspired and feels like it's kind of like a prison, right, that we've created. But we think we can just hang out there because then we don't have to think. We don't have to be uncomfortable. We don't have to embrace change. One thing that you talk about, um, which I really love and I would like you to expand on for our listeners, is finding meaning and mindfulness in your traveling. I am not a great traveler. I <laughs> I feel like I'm just checking boxes, right? Like, okay, got to the airport, checked bags, got through TSA, and then checked into the hotel, all of these things. And it, and it doesn't always feel like I'm in a mindful state. So when you've got a huge trip, you know, ahead of you, like an international trip with long flights and things like that, how do you stay calm, present and mindful? It's a good question. I think fear comes up for me 
And so what I've done in the past is turn my fear into excitement. And that works really well for me. I think you're, you're kidding yourself if you tell yourself that fear doesn't exist, you know? So I think fear absolutely comes up for me, but to calm myself down, I just turn all of the, all that anxiety, stress into excitement because it's something that personally I enjoy doing. I love the travel. I love every aspect of it. I love putting the trips together. I love getting on the flight. I love getting to the new place. And I think during that process, it's just unplugging and being completely mindful in the moment, every moment. There can, right. there can be some things that come up, maybe work emails or you know prior engagements that you necessarily didn't create the proper boundary around. But I think right. I think there's a lot of ways to to step out of that and be fully present in trying new things and stepping out of your comfort zone and meeting new people and trying out a new cuisine you may have never had before or going on a hike or like, I think there are so every destination, whether it's, you know, across the country, a different continent, you know, 10 minutes down the road from where you live, has the ability Mm -hmm. to transform you. And a lot of people think travel means I have to get on the plane and go to Australia. And that's not at all, you know, what travel was intended to mean. Like if you drive an hour north, probably somewhere where you've never even been because, you know, we never really explore our backyards, do we? But there's so much beauty around. And so, I don't know, I encourage people to go on Google and type in where you live and type in, you know, for example, I don't know, Texas, Texas, best places to visit. And I bet you, you'll find some cool places you'll want to visit. And they're only like 20, 30, maybe, you know, an hour away. Yeah, I totally agree. We moved to Southern California four years ago from Chicago and we've been like nowhere. (laughs) We haven't even been to Santa Barbara. Like California itself feels like a whole country as far as all of the places we could visit. And we really just haven't because we haven't you know, to your point, created the boundaries around work. And, you know, and the thought of being in the car with my children for more than an hour, hour and a half makes me want to fucking puke, which is what they do every time they get in the car. So we don't do it a lot, you know, and it's like, I'd, I'd actually rather put them on a plane than on a road trip. But I know that my family isn't like most and that most kids are probably pretty great in the car. So throw them in and and go. And I, I just feel like everybody's putting off things like this. And, you know, we have to be responsible health wise and follow guidelines. But to your point, like getting in the car and driving somewhere or going to Yosemite or like something that's close that is drivable, there really is no reason to be putting that off because it can be a really spiritual experience. I mean, even just going on walks in the morning and being in nature can be really filling to your soul and it can be spiritual. But I do agree that the further you get out of your comfort zone, which I, you know, I attribute to ge- geographically getting out of like your where you live can be even more expansive. So I wanted to ask, when did you have your first, would you say, spiritual or consciousness breakthrough on your travels? Was there a specific place or time? Ah, I love this question, Elizabeth. I think, and this is what your podcast and your message is all about. And so mm. I'd love to share a story. I, Funny enough, it was actually in Southern California as well, where you are. And I, so I was living in New York and living that fast-paced, fast-paced life, mm-hmm. you know, spending money I didn't have and, you know, going out, drinking a lot and just not really living a very healthy life per se. 
you know, I knew I was going down that, that path that I didn't want to go down. And so I just decided to make this drastic move to go somewhere warm. Uh, I think I really want to say 80% of it was that I just could not stand the cold New York weathers anymore. <laughs> and, 20, and 20% of it was what I just mentioned. But I decided, yeah. I did a lot of research. And I decided that San Diego, being that it's one of the most beautiful climates and, and um, reliable and predictable climates like in the world, one of, right. I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And I'll never forget my mom saying to me, is it, it's something that always, you know, has stuck with me. And she said, and I knew this too, but I guess coming from her, it was more meaningful. And she said, well, you can go, but just remember your problems are going to follow you because she sensed I was running away from whatever it is that I was struggling with in New York. And she was right because I got- Did you find that to be true? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. I got I got to San Diego and I started to slowly integrate and transition, but- I mean, it didn't take long for me to fall right back into the the patterns that I was previously navigating through in New York, and I really struggled there, Elizabeth. It was it was just this. I'm a very friendly person, and I love people and I love connection. But at the time, for whatever reason, I just didn't see the value in it. I thought I could do everything by myself. I thought I didn't need any help, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be this like strong, like I can do it. It's it's all good. I'll figure it out. And that couldn't have been farther from the truth because I was extremely isolated. I was working at a job where it was a startup. So it was just me and the founder in the office and she would kind of take off a couple of times a week. And so I was sitting in an office by myself, you know, kind of mm-hmm. running the business and didn't really have much of a social life and didn't know anyone, put myself out there a little bit here and there, but I guess I may be expected the results to come quicker than they were in terms of building this life when in reality it takes on average like a year to adjust to a new right living situation and so mm-hmm. i think something that had, had happened to me had a profound effect on my life and so and perhaps even gave me a second chance because i really allowed my mind to take over and what was it telling you well, it was telling me to kill myself. It was telling me I didn't matter. Mm. It was telling me that it just it's just one little idea, right? It's just one little thought that if you feed it right. and, you, and you water it, it can grow and take over everything. And so... And I would say too, I, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I think it's similar, right, with like addiction. And I always call it like the snake in the door. Like if you leave the door even slightly cracked, like that snake will find a way in. And then once it's in the house, it's really hard to get out. And those thoughts, and you know, a lot of people have been having those thoughts, especially over the last couple of years when they're being isolated and they have that lack of community that maybe they once had. But to your point, I would argue that you don't even need to feed it or water it. It's going to grow on its own. If you don't immediately get it out of the house, like it will survive whether you really give it any attention. It will absolutely grow. So how did you pull yourself back from the brink of that? Well, I, I had to do a lot of work. I had to do a lot of inner work. You know, I had to understand why I have unrelenting standards, why I'm a perfectionist, how I'm using that at the time to my disadvantage instead of my advantage. And I had to, I had to hit rock bottom. I mean, sometimes that's what it takes. And so as I'm driving one night, I was actually supposed to move into a new apartment. 
and randomly get a call from you know the landlord saying like this is the day before and saying that hey listen there's this this leak and and for whatever reason you can't move in and i was just like okay and so i have all my stuff in my car and i'm just driving around and i'm like what do i do and obviously making it a bigger deal than it needed to be and making a pity party for myself <laughs> but right you know just just crying because I, I was driving past the Coronado Bridge a couple times and was really going to do it. But for whatever reason, I didn't and just kept driving. And, and the story starts here is, is I came across, you know, a red light and I stopped the car. And it, that, that, I guess, put me in this state where I can look up and see that the name of the street was Terra Nova Drive. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. And so I look to the right and it's like a shopping center and to the left is this road that leads up. And I, I said to myself, okay, I'll play along. And I you know, made a left on Terranova Drive, started driving up. And on my GPS, I see Terranova Park a little bit further <laughs> up. And so you know, to myself, I say, okay, I guess I'm going to Terranova Park. So I, I make a left into this development, start driving. And this uncanny feeling just settled, just just comes out of nowhere. It's, it's unsettling, but it's like something is very unique about this place. It's, it, it's reminds me of something. And so I get to Terranova Park. I park there. I look up and it's this beautiful field, like a, a baseball field, a jungle gym, like just an, a really cool park. And it's very familiar to me. And I'm wondering, you know, what's going on in the moment. And, and sure enough, I look up a couple minutes later and there's a, you know, a little cul-de-sac there, little in the, in the neighborhood of houses like a roundabout and the street that leads into that is Parkside. And so the place where I grew up, where my parents still live, the neighborhood is called Parkside. In that moment, like tears just started rolling down my eyes. And I knew at that point that one, that experience was beyond the normal state or of any physical level of anything that I could explain. And that too, I wasn't alone. And so just in knowing that that wasn't a coincidence and that, you know, whatever you want to call it, a higher power, God, mama universe, the stars, like it doesn't matter. There's something that is out there that is, is leading us all. Right. And, and it's up to each and each and every individual to follow that if they want, but it's out there and you just have to seek it. Well, and I, I mean, I love that story and, you know, I'm not surprised that <laughs> I hear a lot of stories like this. I've had a lot of those experiences and yeah, I think we're always supported and we just have to have those red lights stop us so that we can notice them. But I'm going to guess that there were probably messages and signs coming to you for a solid year or even longer before any of that happened. Right. But I think when we get to a point where we're feeling enough pain or we're suffering enough, then we can open our hearts to say, okay, I'm going to listen to whoever's there supporting me or guiding me. And the purpose of this show is to try to get people to see that stuff before they're in that level of pain. There, there always is this, I call it, you know, the non-physical you, which I believe our bodies are 25% physical, 75% non-physical. So that was the Jesse who's been with you always and is always guiding you and has all the answers, sees how this play ends and is like, you know what, this isn't how it ends and I'm here and you don't have to go it alone. And 
when people can really just lean into that, that, you know, the fear is when we disconnect from that non-physical piece of us. And I think once you kind of embrace that, then things like travel and really anything life can throw at you becomes more of an adventure than something to avoid. Absolutely. Beautifully put. I haven't thought about that too. It's, you know, there were probably dozens, if not hundreds of signs that I was receiving that I just wasn't recognizing or noticing. And it took that drastic experience for me to like get slap on the head, like, all right, man, it's, you know, here you go. Like, here's not one sign, two signs, but here's three signs. Like, can you see these? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know about you, but I tend to believe too that you know, when we leave this blue marble and we go to the other realm or wherever, you know, that non-physical piece of you is, you know, I kind of live from this perspective of like, I don't want to die and go up there and meet that Elizabeth and have her be disappointed that I didn't do all of this stuff, right? Like, hey, I gave you all of these resources and I put all of these people in your life to wake you up and, and help you do all of these things that you wanted to manifest. And then you just threw it away, right? Or you just put your head in the sand. Because the thing is, I'm going to guess, then we have to come back and do it again. So I always live this life through this lens of like, this is it. This is the last life. This is the last incarnation. And so if it is, then what do I want to experience? Because I don't want to, you know, transition back to that wonderful dimension and have people looking at me shaking their heads and ancestors too, being like, really, bitch? Like, we gave you all the money you needed. We gave you all these resources and you just stayed in your house and complained. Well, we, we seem to make excuses for ourselves, right? Like, whether we think we have all the resources or talents or abilities or not, we always, we always tell ourselves, eh, I, I need that before I can do this. Or eh, I'm not ready for this yet. When in reality you have all the tools you need to take it to the next level. And it's interesting yeah. because there's, there's just a delineation between where you want to go and where you are. And there's a big gap there. And what people tend mm -hmm. to do sometimes is they focus on that gap. And if you can focus on how far you've come from where you were to where you are now, it changes your entire perspective. And it, seem, it, it closes that gap. Because then you start being grateful and you start understanding how far you've come in, in terms of your growth and your like your personal growth and your career and your relationships or like whatever it is for you. But to to just change your perspective, just tweak it a little bit, it can make a world of a difference. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point, I love that you say like, you know, don't focus on the gap between where you are and where you want to go. And I think that, you know, living a full life means having these wonderful new experiences. And so if you if you're listening to this and you've been really wanting to kind of get out, that's like the number one thing I hear from people, too, that they miss since the pandemic hit is travel and their ability to experience different things or the ability to see their family. This is your sign, right? This is one of those wonderful little signs or messages from that non-physical you saying now is the time. You picked this episode to listen to for a reason. You knew it was about meaningful travel. So this is the time to start. And so, Jesse, if you had to give, you know, one or two tips as far as like how to get the ball rolling, would you say it's to 
like maybe go somewhere that you've never gone before? Or would you say, baby step it and see what's in your backyard? Go with your intuition. I think, I think it's tricky. I think I would, I would number one, reach out to friends and family members first to see if anybody wants to go on a trip with you. Because I can tell you right now, I've traveled alone all over the world and I've traveled with others all around the world and others wins every time, 10 out of 10 times. And so, you know, if you can't have anybody, if you can't find anybody who wants to travel with you, which seems pretty common nowadays as we get older, you know, friends fall off, they get into relationships, they get married, they get, you know, high paying jobs where they're not able to take vacation off um, and you have to travel by yourself. It can be tricky, but just know that, you know, you can do it and that I'm creating a platform right now that's going to link people together to connect them. And it, and it's not only that I'm doing that, but look for that because there's yeah. there's a plethora of companies who offer that type of service that, that link people together and connect them, like-minded, value-minded people where you can travel together and, and share experiences and and get out ah, there. And I love overcome. that. Yeah. I had no idea that there were other services like that. I think that's genius. I think that, you know, that I think it could be really great even for people who like me, like I have, you know, a husband and a bestie and all of this, but to your point, like I would like to meet some new people, you know, that aren't like me. And it's not that I don't want to travel with them, but again, if you're going to, if this can be the year to push you out of your comfort zone why not get matched up with somebody else, you know, or a group and make it a group thing. And if, if you are super spiritual, which you clearly are, if you're watching, if you're listening to this show, maybe find some people who want to go to some spiritual places or make time for meditation along the, you know, during the travel day or have a positive attitude, no matter what. So I absolutely love that. So Jesse, tell our listeners um, where they can get more information about you and then also um, some of your offerings that you have. Of course. Yeah, you can you can find me. I spend most of my time on Instagram. It's at Jesse Terranova. Uh, Facebook, I'm on sometimes as well. But I like I said, I pretty much spend most of my time on Instagram. And then um, I just actually launched my business this week. <laughs> so it's, it's exciting. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you so much. It's super exciting. I've I've been working, you know, I've been working in design and travel and tourism for many years in hospitality. And so I've, you know, used to put together trip experiences for families, couples, you know, single corporate uh, travelers. And so I've done it kind of from behind the scenes from my laptop and I feel mm-hmm. extremely limited. I have so much to offer and so much to give. And, you know, I'm a natural born leader and I love to yeah. link people together. And so I've decided to launch my business experience travel where Essentially, it's groups of eight to 10 people. And so what we do is I spoon feed you the itinerary in terms of the accommodations, what we're doing, restaurants, transportation, just pretty much everything. And obviously, I'm open to suggestions on that itinerary as we find people and move forward in the process. But basically, I go through a vetting process of finding individuals that, you know, I want to travel with and that I can help and that, you know, can also help me. And so it's just this empowering curated community that will build over time and share amazing experiences together and see some pretty amazing yeah. places together and just grow that community. You know, it'll, it'll take time and we'll, we'll encounter many challenges, but I'm up for the, I'm up for the challenge and I'm excited about it. Oh my God. I love that. Um, and what a cool job. I feel like you have one of those jobs. I always tell clients when they want to make a, a transition, I'm like, what's somebody who has a job that you're totally jealous of? 
And I feel like I'm totally jealous of your job. I love my job, but I think that that's a cue, right? That's a nudge from my soul saying like, you got to go travel more. Like maybe you don't quit what you're doing and make it full time. But if any part of this sounds like heaven to you, like just kind of leaving and having somebody else take care of it, do it. (laughs) It's always worth it. I've always had a hard time spending money on travel because I think of like home improvement stuff I could do or this or that. And I feel like everybody is either they're on one side. They're either the person who spends money on experiences and did the study abroad in college, or you're like me and you're a total saver and you're just trying to like put more money in your 401k and build your business and all of that stuff instead of traveling. But I think that you have to find this wonderful, happy medium where you can still indulge because this money is here for you to have experiences. And so if that is something that's holding you back, it's probably time to reassess what joy you think that you're getting from the material things in your life versus having these beautiful experiences, right? Absolutely. I, you know, it's consumerism, materialism, like it's just, it can be great. And I understand, but to me, life experiences uh, have always been so much more valuable. And and so the experiences you have through life, you know, that's what defines you. And, and it also defines how you perceive them as well. So when you step outside your comfort zone and go on these experiences and meet new people, this is a discussion for another time, but when you come home as well, uh, I feel like a lot of people take their experience and just put it in the closet and kind of leave it there. But you know, part of what experience travel really is, is helping to integrate that experience into your everyday life so that essentially, yes, we're traveling on holiday. Yes, we're traveling on vacation, but we're also traveling through life. And so it, it, I take it then to the next step and say, OK, how can we use travel to improve our lives? Um, I love that. You're so right. Most people come home and they just totally let that high of being in that new place wear off and then they go back to their everyday life. So I love that. This is the year to get out. No more excuses. You can do it carefully. Jesse shows us that. Follow him for inspiration on Instagram. The the photography is reason enough to follow him to see these places, but see what your soul is drawn to. Maybe one of the places that he's been will kind of spark some interest with you and can be a wonderful goal to have this year and a wonderful kind of like milestone for your year. You know, it's fine to work and do all the stuff we need to do, but we definitely deserve to experience other cultures and other places. So thank you so much for your time with us today, Jesse, everybody check him out and all of his resources. And maybe I'll be reaching out to you sooner than later to go on one of those fabulous trips. You got to get a wonderful group of super spiritual people together. And I'm there. I can do that. And, and uh, can we hear about this trip to Paris that you're booking with your daughter? Yes, I'm taking Delilah to Paris. Uh, I always told her, you know, there were certain ages that we were going to do things, but I was inspired this morning just by going through some of Jesse's things before we started the show. And I said, you know, what? I'm not going to wait. I don't need to wait till she's older. We're just going to go now. And I'm going to set financial goals for myself over the next two months so that we can go first class as well, because I'm not trying to have a kid in economy from LA to Paris, but it's going to happen. So the listeners can hold me to that. <laughs> it's happening this year. Thanks so much for the inspiration, Jesse. It's my pleasure. One more thing. I just, I have a feeling that a lot of your viewers are entrepreneurs and in business and, and, you know, working hard. And so something yeah. that I, that I've always, you know, one of my truths, I guess we'll keep it at that is never take yourself or life too seriously. And I think that's important for people yeah. to, to remember. 
I absolutely love that. That's a great note to end on. Thanks so much, Jesse, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>